Hi, Trinity family and friends. This is our daily meditation on 1 Peter for April 9th. I'm Darian Lockett, and during these difficult times, we are looking to this letter written by the Apostle Peter to provide us with hope in our various trials and our suffering. Today, we're looking at 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 10 through 12. Let's pray. Father, we ask that you'd help us open our eyes to see what it is um, that you're telling us, communicating to us in your word. Help us to understand carefully. Help us to think about Peter and his original circumstances as he's encouraging a group of Christians who are suffering. Help us, Lord, to have open hearts, though, to hear that your word, you, you, you speak through these words to us. Um, you share with us words of life, that we would be encouraged, that we would know the gospel, that we would be transformed by your power. So, Father, please open our eyes, help us understand, and at the same time, help us to open our hearts that we might be renewed in the power of your grace. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, in the previous passage, chapter 1, verses 6 through 9, Peter stresses that new identity in Christ allows believers to rejoice in the face of present suffering. In light of such rejoicing, you, Peter says, you obtain the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Now, notice the word salvation acts like a connecting word, joining chapter 1, verses 6 through 9, to the passage we're looking at today. It's this salvation. Let's read the text, starting in verse 10. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that would come to you searched and carefully investigated They inquired into what time or what circumstances the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating when he testified in advance to the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you. These things have now been announced to you through those who proclaim the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Angels long to catch a glimpse of these things. Now, this is an interesting passage, um, and really the section, this whole passage, verses 10 through 12, focuses on the work of the Spirit in making known the work of Christ. It's worth, worth reflecting on three points here. First, Peter claims that the prophets of the Old Testament searched and carefully investigated the salvation that had come to the Christians of Peter's day. When Peter uses the word prophets, this is a common way of describing the entire Old Testament. Therefore, it is the Old Testament prophets, and by extension, the entire Old Testament, who are searching out the grace in which the New Testament community stands. Do you see what Peter's doing here? He's drawing a line of connection between what had been witnessed to beforehand in the Old Testament and what had been realized in the life of Jesus and his and the preaching of the gospel. So, this is the first point. Peter is stressing the fact that the Old Testament prophets and the New Testament apostles share the same message about the suffering and glory of Jesus Christ. The Westminster Confession of Faith says it like this in chapter 7, um, section 5. This covenant was differently administrated in the time of the law, Old Testament, and in the time of the gospel, New Testament. Under the law, it was administered by promises, prophecies, sacrifices, circumcision, the paschal lamb, and other types and ordinances delivered to the people of the Jews, all for signifying Christ to come. 
which were for that time sufficient and efficacious uh, through the operation of the Spirit to instruct and build up the elect in faith in the promised Messiah, by whom they had full remission of sins and eternal salvation. And this is called the Old Testament. See, Peter agrees, well, the Westminster Confession agrees with Peter, uh, that the Old Testament prophecies in he goes on to say also, the promises, the sacrifices, circumcision, even the Passover lamb, all of these things foresignify Christ. And it's really Christ who is ultimately sufficient and efficacious to bring about the salvation, the remission of sins for anyone, whether in the Old Testament or the New Testament. So, first point, Peter is drawing together the Old Testament and the New Testament and saying, guys, this is all about Christ. It's about Christ's sufferings and it's about his glory. Second, Peter teaches in verse 11 that it was the spirit of Christ within them that testified in advance regarding the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. When Peter mentions the spirit of Christ, he's referring to the pre-incarnate Christ, the eternal second person of the Trinity. This is likely because Peter goes on to refer to Christ's pre-existence again in chapter 1 verse 20, where it says, "...he was foreknown before the foundation of the world." And in light of this, John Calvin argues that the gospel comes from God and that the ancient prophets were dictated by Christ. Christ himself is behind the prophecies of the Old Testament. Now, notice that, um, that it, it's not only the spirit of Christ that initiated this message, but the message itself, the content of the message is about Christ as well. It's about his sufferings and his glory. Now, this would be ironic because people waiting for the Messiah wouldn't have thought that he would suffer they would only think that we, he would come in glory. But here, looking backwards, Peter can confidently say, the Old Testament got it right. The Messiah is both going, both going to suffer, but also experience glory. Third, and finally, Peter goes on to argue that it was revealed to them, the prophets, that they were not serving themselves, but you. That's in verse 12. The you, of course, is Peter's audience, but by extension, all Christians Peter is saying that because you have received, accepted, and rested in the gospel, the good news about Jesus Christ, that you have greater insight into God's kingdom plans. He says that angels even long to look into these plans. And because of Christ, you know them. It's been revealed to you. You know both the sufferings and the glory of Christ. That means you know uh, that God redemp God's redemptive plan not only includes Jesus' suffering, uh, but our own suffering and difficulty. But at the same time, you know that that's not the entire story. Because of Jesus' willingness to follow God's plan and suffering for sin, God gave him a name above every other name and raised him in glory. You know that following your master, Jesus, that you will face suffering and difficulty, but you will also be raised in glory. Remember the movie Star Wars when Obi-Wan Kenobi was about to be killed by Darth Vader. Obi-Wan said to him, If you strike me down now, I'll be more powerful than you can ever imagine. Now what I hear there is the Christian saying, Look, you can take my life. Suffering can come my way. But what I have in Christ, no one can take away. I know the end of the story. Suffering is extinguished by glory, by life everlasting we are not discouraged when we suffer, not because we deny our hurt or pain, but because we know that suffering for Jesus proves our faith, the path to ultimate glory. Each time we endure scorn or injury for being faithful to the gospel, or 
when we suffer the loss of a loved one or the stress and the anxiety of the current moment. Let us recall uh, that this is the calling that Jesus has given to us, even when we don't understand, when it's difficult to see God's sovereignty. We're trusting in his plan. We see it. We understand that suffering is followed by glory as we follow Jesus Christ. So consequently, we should not think it's strange when we suffer. In fact, we should question our loyalty to Jesus if we've never tasted hardship for his name. I hope this encourages you. You've seen God has revealed it through the prophets and the apostles, through the Old Testament and the New Testament. What is God's plan? His plan is one of redemption, one of glory, but through suffering. So follow Jesus confidently, even in suffering now, because we know that in in, in the ultimate sense, we will be raised to new life and experience glory with Him. Live in light of that true reality in the future. Live in light of that now. May our actions and our attitudes now be characterized by hope, hope in resurrection, hope in glory, that we might follow our Lord Jesus. Jesus.